Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome you to a bite of the Big Apple. I'm Howard David. You start when you deal with with sports in New York City. You kind of look towards the sports anchors, and we have Otis Livingston, the sports anchor of Channel Two in New York. Otis, when you, when you sit and watch other channels, other stations, particularly when it comes to network, and this drives me nuts. I want to know what you think. I put it on, and the sports guy's not there for whatever the reason. And the news people make an attempt at doing the sports. Doesn't that drive you crazy? (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute, though. Wait a minute. So the sports guy is not there. Chances are he's on vacation or something like that. So I'm not going to be upset at him, you know, for not being there because I have to take vacation too. So I understand. But um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of interesting. It's interesting. They kind of water it down a lot because when you're doing the sports for a living, you, you have your own way of speaking, you know, you have your sports jargon, you have your sayings and things of that nature, and, and they kind of water it down, so I'm not sure how the rest of the, the well, folks at home take it, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm sure they're like, oh man, when are you coming back? Yeah. So, uh, it's a little different, yeah. Yeah, particularly when they try to pronounce a sports guy's name. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, when, you, when you're in the seat that you sit in, uh, you know, you, you make a determination of the hottest stories of the day. Uh, you know, what's going on right now? Super Bowl's over. I think we've had enough of Tom Brady fatigue, have we not? Yes. Yesterday was the culmination. He threw the Vince Lombardi trophy uh, to another boat on the water. And uh, then he, we saw him kind of, kind of stumbling out of the uh, festivities. Um, looked like he was really, really feeling good about it. <laughs> not sure how he got to that state. Some people are saying, you know. It was a seasickness, wooziness, and all that. I don't think so. <laughs> no, nor, nor, nor do I. Uh, were, you, were you surprised? Would you put a label on the Super Bowl? It was uh, a classic or a dud? Oh, man. I think to, it, it just depends on how you're looking at it. Because it would have been a classic if you're looking at it from a defensive standpoint and the show that Tampa Bay put on. You know, the way they stopped one of the highest scoring offenses in NFL history, one of the most dynamic players in NFL history so far in his his young career, Patrick Mahomes. Shut him down, holding them to just three field goals, didn't let him get into the end zone, not even at the end of the game, you know, when they were still trying to get one for, you know, for moral purposes. But... I, I just have, I mean, that was a great performance by Tom Bowles' crew. Now, right. you, know, you know, it wasn't that pretty, but that's what good defenses do. You know, they, they muck up the game, and they play great. JPP, you know, um, and, their, and their linebackers and, and all that. And, and, and they had Mahomes 
on the run for most of the game, you know, and not in a good way. You know, he started out and he got out of the pocket scrambling and picked up some yards on the first couple drives, but then it started being he was retreating just to try to get the pass off, you know. So it was it was a great game plan by Todd Bowles, and his players carried it out, and, and they made it, you know, to some quite a snore. But if you're looking at it, you know, Prince and that deep, you really like that game. I would agree with that part of it. I thought Todd Bowles has taken his – He's taken his reputation back up to where you look at him next year and say he's going to be a guy that people are going to look at for another head coaching job, right? I would think so. And I had a little uh, debate with someone, a uh, spirited debate with someone on social media about that very thing. He said, Todd Bowles deserves to be nowhere near a head coach. And, da, 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 da. and I'm like, what? And then he goes, the proof is in the pudding and all this kind of stuff. I said, well, what do you mean the proof is in the pudding? when he doesn't even get a second chance. You can learn from that first opportunity. Go back, be a defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator, or whatever it is, and kind of see and kind of learn. <laughs> Excuse me. And I'm sure that he was watching some of the things that Bruce Arians was doing he was in their meetings and things of that nature. I'm sure he's learned a lot since he left. You know, it's, it's unfortunate that some guys get labeled with something and it's hard for them to shake it. Whereas other people can shake it. Other people can't. Adam Gase, come on, that's, he's right in our face. He's right here. He wasn't successful in Miami. They didn't go to the playoffs. They didn't, I mean, he, he wasn't liked in the locker room, et cetera. He got a job the year, the, the next year after he got fired by a team in the same division. And he was supposed to be this offensive guru and he's taken football offense to where uh, it's going to be and all this kind of stuff and we saw none of that but he got an opportunity so I'm going to go with a guy who has just engineered one of the greatest defenses defensive performances in a Super Bowl I'm going to give him a chance to get another shot because you got to look at the Jets roster when he was here too Yep. you got to look at a lot of different factors it's not just you know as, as, as night and day you know what I mean? It's not that type of situation. There's a lot of things that go into these these uh, these decisions of being fired and then being rehired somewhere else. I'd love to see him get another opportunity. If it wasn't for second chances, we never would have heard of Bill Belichick. Uh, you know what? I was going to say that too. Exactly. Because <laughs> after that Browns thing, he wasn't. I mean, come on. And now he's gone on to be arguably the greatest coach in NFL history. So, I mean, it's, it's uh, like I said, some, some get an opportunity and some don't. I hope he gets an opportunity. Well, not only, not only uh, him, but Eric Bieniemy. And, and I thought, I, I'm stunned because well, I thought that Eric Bieniemy had his pick of jobs. And, I did too. And he interviewed for a number of jobs, not the least of which yeah. was the Jets the second time around. Uh, yeah. I, I don't get it. Uh, I don't understand it. But all it is is not, it just draws a focus to the fact that the Rooney Rule has been a failure. Exactly. And and now you're you're even incentivizing it, making it even worse. You know what I mean? I, I just don't. I don't know. I, I I wonder how this will affect. You know the fact that they didn't. They weren't successful. They didn't go back to back, and his offense was shut down in the Super Bowl. I just wonder how that affects. 
uh, future in, in, in getting a, a head coaching job? Is it, I told you so, or, you know, um, or will he get that opportunity? I mean, we thought going into this season that he, uh, after last season, first of all, that he would get a job. Then going into this season, we thought at the end of this season he would, and and no, he didn't. You know, so it's a it's a fight. Um, it could be placed on quote unquote he didn't interview well or whatever it is. I don't know. We'll have to see. And I, I know he is, you know, probably the the face of that situation and minority hirings and things of that nature. But it's a lot of them that are worthy of an opportunity that are not getting an opportunity. He's the face of it and he's the one that looked like a surefire bet that yeah, he's gonna get one this offseason. And it didn't happen. Otis Livingston, sports anchor of Channel Two in New York. When you're dealing with as many sports as you're dealing with in New York, predominantly professional sports. Yeah, I mean back in the mid eighties, the Big East was a big deal and St. John's was making headlines and but that was that was then. This is now. It's not the same. Even though St. John's and Seton Hall look like they're going to make a serious run at getting an NCAA bid, but let's deal with the here and now. And the here and now is. And now I understand that we're going to see some fans back at Madison Square Garden. We're going to see fans at the Barclays Center, uh, and that's only going to be a couple of thousand people. So that's not going to be significant, but it's a good step in the right direction. When you're dealing with the Knicks, you always, even when they were bad. 19,500 are going to show up at Madison Square Garden every single game. So it's, and I asked a, I asked a fan about that once when I, when I was doing pre and post for, for Nick telecasts. Uh, uh, I said to the guy, I said, why do you come? Uh, I see you with your son. He goes, my son's 12. And when I was his age, I was a big Nick fan. And I'm just waiting for them to get better again because I'm not going to give up my tickets. And I think that that's the predominant feeling amongst Nick fans. They don't want to give up their tickets because they're waiting for the return to glory. Yeah, yeah. As you're talking about February 23rd, that's going to be when the Knicks host the Warriors and the Nets host the Sacramento Kings that same night, right. you know, 10% capacity. Um, it, it's definitely not going to be the same, but it is a step in the right direction. But let's just face it, you know, Knicks are the basketball team in town, no matter what happens. It, it, it's just that way. You know, I still had that feeling when um, the Nets were going to the to the NBA Finals. I mean, yeah, there was a there was hoopla, there was a lot of excitement and stuff like that among New Jersey Net fans, but it just didn't just grab a hold of the 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 community, the basketball community here in New York, New Jersey area. Um, had that team as exciting as it was with Jason Kidd and Kenyon Martin. Uh, I believe Kerry Kittles and all those guys. Uh, Keith Van Horn, I believe. Yep. If they were all in New York playing for the Knicks, can you imagine the excitement, the, the going to the NBA Finals back-to-back years and, and being in contention all those years? It would have been off the hook. But it was New Jersey. It was across the river. It was, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it just didn't grab hold, you know. Um, they're trying to build that up in Brooklyn, but it's still that way. And they have, you know... Three mega superstars. I'll refresh, uh, I'll go back to when I was doing the Nets broadcasts in New Jersey, and the only b- bona fide big time player they had was Buck Williams. Oh, um, yeah. 
and I remember walking, and they, they they got better obviously when Chuck Daly came came on board for those two years. And I walk into the press room when the Knicks played the Nets in a, in a uh, opening round of the playoffs. And I walked into the press room, and Marv Albert's sitting in there, and Marv says to me, "If the Nets win a championship, we're going to hold the parade on routes on 16W on the Turnpike." <laughs> And I said to Marv, I said, you know, one day, Marv, the bubble of pomposity is going to break. Well, well, it has, hasn't I it? I love that. Yeah. <laughs> it has. It. Uh, but by the same token, they are better. Uh, in your estimation, even in an expanded playoff formula, are they a playoff team? The Knicks? Yes. Um, oh, man. I don't know. I, I just feel like... They're gonna have too many ballots. They're gonna, they're just gonna, they're gonna have too many four game losing streaks. They play hard, don't get me wrong, uh, but I think at some point they don't, they don't have as much talent as other other teams. You know that that playing hard, we, we get you know Tibbs comes in and he has a reputation, which I'm gonna watch. I'm just saying what his reputation is of, of running guys too hard defensively, uh, etc., uh, wearing on people. Um, so we'll see what happens. I, I, I'm definitely, maybe as I talked about Todd Bowl, maybe he stepped back after losing a job and kind of realized some things that he may need to uh, rethink, which is also the same thing as Mike McCarthy uh, did with, uh, uh, with the Dallas Cowboys. He said after he was fired that he kind of stepped back and kind of looked hmm. at ways that he could alter his approach. So maybe Tibbs is uh, altering his approach and we may see something different, but I just feel like you know, there's going to be too many valleys for this team throughout the year. They're going to play hard. Um, I think they'll be right there. I'm not sure if they'll get in or, or out. Let me ask you this about the acquisition of Derrick Rose. And I know he's got a long history with Thibodeau on two, yeah. on eight, with two different teams. Two different teams. Yeah, but he's now he's 34 years old. He's had a history of injuries. And I'm wondering, and I don't have a problem with the, with the acquisition because clearly – this is not a build. Uh, I don't think that that uh, the president of the team Rose is is looking to build for the future. He wants to win now. He wants to he wants to turn the culture around. Mm-hmm. The addition of Derrick Rose, uh, I don't think it's going to retard the growth of quickly because I think they're going to play uh, side by side. Uh, I think Peyton is still going to get his time. I think Austin Rivers is the one that's going to be the odd man out. I agree. I really do. And I was hoping that, that he would be able to come here and, and rejuvenate his career um, and, and get an opportunity to play a lot. So that's that's tough to watch. Um, I thought he was being a good soldier, playing uh, unselfish. But he heated up that one game, I mean, when he was like uh, 14 straight points or something like that. Um, so he had some talent. I wanted to see what he could bring. But you're right, the acquisition of Derrick Rose, I think, is a plus. Uh, let's face it, he... he Hopefully, once he gets in shape or whatever it is, get into the routine with the team and, and get acclimated with the system and everything, uh, and, and acclimated with the guys more than anything. But their tendencies are, you know, hopefully he'll be able to contribute that way. But I think the acquisition had a lot to do with him mentoring quickly, and he can do it side by side as they play together. But I think quickly is going to be able to see how he goes about his business. You know, Derrick Rose still has a big name amongst the young players, you know, uh, former MVP, 
dynamic player. Um, and I, I think that's going to go a long way into helping the maturation process with quickly who's coming along, dare I say, quickly. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> Otis Livingston, the uh, sports anchor at Channel 2 in New York. Would you be shocked if the Knicks traded Julius Randle? Because he could bring an awful lot in return. Oh, man. He's having such a good year, too. Yeah, I know. Uh, uh, I, this is the Julius Randle that I wanted to see when he was with the Lakers. You know, yeah. and then with the Pelicans or where, you know. Uh, would I be shocked? I wouldn't be shocked. No. I wouldn't be shocked at all if they did it. You know, they're trying to improve the team. And if they are trying to win now and get some pieces that are going to help them, yeah, I wouldn't be shocked at all. Um, I, I just I just think they love the the Kentucky connection, though. <laughs> I don't want to break that up. <laughs> and now they got a Memphis player for, who played for uh, Coach Cal. Uh, not in Kentucky, but in Derrick Rose. So maybe it's the Coach Cal connection instead of Kentucky. Well, but, they got uh, they got. I, I just I just really like the way he's playing right now. You know, I I still wish he would go right sometimes. You know, mm. <laughs> finish with the right hand, but left hand dominant. You know, and he, he seems to get there and get get to the bucket when he needs to. So we'll see. Well, it's uh, you know, it, look, there's a lot of interchangeable pieces with this roster. There's a lot of sameness. Um, yeah. R.J. Barrett's a keeper. I don't think there's any question about that. But Kevin Knox has me a little bit scratching my head. Mm-hmm. Me too. I, uh, it's time, you know, for him to start showing something. I mean, it's, I don't know what it is. I, I, I tweeted something the other night, and I'm still waiting for him to make a jump shot. Yeah. Because it's just, it's just hard for me to just remember him just knocking down a shot or, or having a game. You know what I mean? I know he has, but right off the top of my head, you know, most of the time you can you can point out a game. Like I said with Austin Rivers, 14 straight points. I remember that game. You remember certain things. I don't remember anything so far, you know, and that that's, uh, I know it's frustrating. That's a high draft pick. You know, that's a first rounder that doesn't look like it. And, and of course, you, you couple him with, with Frankie and you're like, wow. Those are a couple of draft picks that are really high that are not really paying off. You go across the river to Brooklyn, and you've already mentioned the three superstars, and Durant is supposedly going to be back to play tomorrow as they begin a a road trip. Um, I I think there's a lot of pressure on Steve Nash, obviously, because they're supposed to win with that talent. Um, Mm -hmm. Before they acquired Harden and before the Spencer Dinwiddie injury, I thought they were good enough to contend in the East anyway. Uh, but Dinwiddie's not there. Karis Levert's been moved. Jared Allen's been moved. This is yep. a completely different team. But, uh, you know, this, this, this is a team that's under the radar. I mean, they're in, there's a spotlight on them. They, they, yeah. They're going to have to win this year. And when I say win, if they get to the Eastern Finals, I would call it a success, wouldn't you? I think so. Right now, I, I, this is the way I see it. That that Dinwiddie injury was key. I felt like he was going to be a very important piece. This is before the trade and all that stuff. I felt like he was going to be a very important piece to that puzzle. Um, so that loss was huge. Um, I felt like they lost a lot of their depth and some key players in that trade. Yeah, they got more scoring. Did they really need 
even more scoring. No, they needed defensive presence. They needed guys that were going to be able to handle the ball, that were you know going to play a role and things of that nature. I believe that Kevin Durant is the one player out of those three that has to be there. He can't keep you know having uh, protocol issues or, or God forbid, an injury or something like that because he's the kind of guy that can make up for a lot of the, the ills of the team or the shortcomings of the team. He, he, he's a long player. He can play defense, rebounds, blocks. He can do all those things. He's, he's an all-world player. Let's face it. Uh, but I felt like they, I, until they get to where they're hitting on all cylinders and maybe add, uh, add a big man um, that can help them inside. I know they just uh, acquired the, the – uh, they got the guy, Norvell Penn, and he came in and he played really well, you know, early. But until they get it together, I just don't think that they're as good as they were before. Yes, scoring-wise they are, but when it comes down to slowing it down and playing good defense in the playoffs and, and making key stops and things of that nature, they're giving up 120 points a game. Yeah. And, and until the other night when they didn't, I think it was like six games in a row or something like that, seven games in a row. You know what I mean? Like, whoa, what, what are you doing? So they're going to have to get those kind of stops in in crucial situations. And are they going to be able to do it? I don't know. They're 7-1 and one against teams with a winning record, and they have a losing record against teams that have a losing record, which doesn't make a whole heck of a lot of sense. But, look, we know, you and I know, that this is a Nick town. There's, I don't think yeah. there's any debate about it. But recently I saw, and maybe you saw this, there was um, – a uh, survey taken of uh, the amount of viewers the Nets telecast versus Knicks telecast, and the Nets had more viewers, believe it or not. Hey, maybe the tide is changing. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, and, and I think a lot of it, too, is, is probably a curiosity factor. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to see what these three can do together because coming into the when, when the trade rumors were around or, you know, or soon after the acquisition, it was, how are they going to, there's only one ball. How are they going to coexist? Mm-hmm. Is Kyrie going to take a step back? And remember, he was out for that long time to start. Kyrie, you know, on that on that personal leave and all that stuff. So I think there's a curiosity factor. I think there's a a factor of you have three legitimate stars. Let's see how these guys play together. Let's see if they can do that. Now, is it a step forward or a step back? That's the question for me. Is it a step forward to trade? And or step back with losing the guys that you lost in the trade. Let me Jared ask. Allen is pretty pretty solid inside. He was, I think, he was he was on his way up. Yep. You know what I mean? And he and he proved that when he played for the Cavaliers against the Nets soon after the trade. <laughs> well, uh, you know, if you're talking, they may have to add a big. Uh, you're not going to get an Andre Drummond unless you give up one of the big three, which is not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Yeah. So, but I mean, he's. For the right ticket, that guy could be on somebody's roster. And the same with Bradley Beal. He could wind up yeah. – I mean, he's a, he's a star. I mean, he's leading the league yeah. in scoring, and he's on a bad team. But it would take an awful lot to pry him away. Let, let me move on. We know that this is, it's primarily a Nick town. It's primarily a Ranger town ahead of the Devils and the Islanders. Is it more of a Yankee town or a Mets town, or is it equal? I feel like it's going to be I, – I feel like it's always a, a Yankee town. That's, that's just, you know, I feel like that's the same kind of situation as the Knicks, except the Yankees are winning a lot, too. You know what I mean? The Knicks, the Knicks have that situation where even in losses, you know, in losing seasons, 
they can still garner all the headlines or garner a lot of the attention, you know, the, the lion's share. But I just feel like the Yankees will, this will be a Yankee count. Yeah, and, and, of course, people will root for the Mets. People will support the Mets and want to see them play well. But it's, it's, it's about the Yankees. Good news, bad news, they'll still, you know, grab the headlines. Mets lost out on a pitcher. They lose out on Bauer. Um, yeah. I don't think that was a terrible loss because that's a lot of money to pay for a guy. Uh, you know, he had a great year last year. Right. The Yankees uh, question. Abbreviated year. Yeah, the Yankee questions are: Can Judge stay healthy? Can Stanton stay healthy? Is Sanchez ever going to be what you thought he was going to be? And yet, despite all the negativity, they're still favored to win the AL East. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. And, you know, going so going into this season, that's a little bit of a of a surprise. I would think that you would give them a little bit more respect because of the way they play, you know, getting all the way to the World Series. And uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I just feel like that narrative is always surrounding the, the Yankees just because cause if that happens, if those things that you outlined happen, and if the pitching stays solid in, and, and, and all that, they will be dynamic. They will be incredible because they have the parts. So it surprised me that they're the, 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 the favorites because I think that's the narrative every year, but I would think Tampa Bay has got to get a little bit more respect. I agree. I agree. Yeah. All right, I saved the best for last, Otis. We're talking with Otis Livingston, the sports anchor at Channel 2 in New York. The Jets and the conversation about Sam Darnold. And I, and I spend... I, I talk to Bill Parcells frequently because I go back to man, I go back to '82 with that guy. to see is Sam and his uh, what, what word would I want to use here lack of progression maybe going backwards a result of Adam Gase and his offense uh, is he uh, a, a victim of not really having a lot of weapons Sam, Sam made some pretty dumb decisions at times too mm-hmm. maybe that's as he would say, trying to do too much, trying to make something happen when it's not there. Well, yeah, you need to not do that. You know, if you're the franchise quarterback, you got to fight, you know, live to fight another day. Don't make that decision. Don't take that sack. Don't, you know, throw the ball away or whatever. Don't throw it in the trap. All those sort of things. A lot of factors, man. Uh, we shall see, like, like uh, if they're involved in the Deshaun Watson situation or they think about, you know, I, I don't know if there's a quarterback outside of Trevor Lawrence, obviously, in the draft that's going to pay more dividends than Sam right now. And, and they need other they need other pieces. They definitely do. You know, last year, I think, probably played, what, four games with, with his complement of wide receivers and, and weapons. You know, we don't know. We don't know what what he is. And that's the sad part about the whole thing because I think if we need more definitively what he is, then you can make a decision. You, I can make a guess as to what they're going to do. 
Oh. I have no idea because we just don't know. Yeah, and well, when you got Bill Parcells and somebody like that. I'm sure there are a lot of people that think he's still a very good quarterback and can be good for the Jets. The Deshaun Watson situation, I talked to John McClain, who's a beat writer for the Houston Chronicle. Uh, he, he, he says, and he's right, the Houston Texans have all the leverage. If Deshaun Watson wants to sit out, so be it. He's going to sit out. They're not going to yeah. trade that guy. I, I believe what they say. They're not going to trade that. Why would you trade your best player? They already screwed up by trading DeAndre Hopkins. You're going to do that again? Which made uh, Deshaun Watson upset, too. Sure. You know, so that, that, that was one of the things that kind of added to his discontent there. Uh, wow. It could be a, a Le'Veon Bell type situation, a standoff. Miss out on a year. Does he want to do that? Wow. During his prime? You know? If we're talking about chicken. What, what, what are we yeah. doing here? Well, I think <laughs> if he plays chicken, I think he wins because they need him. Look, right. I, the amount of money we're talking about here is significant. The fact mm-hmm. of the fact of the matter is um, that if the Jets were able to, and the Jets have more more in the bag that they can trade with to get him, not only trading Darnold, but the second overall pick in the draft, uh, another two number one picks down the road. And that might be enough, to, and maybe it would cost him a defensive player. Maybe it would cost him Quinn and Williams. I, I don't know. That, that's a boatload. But to get a player of his value, why wouldn't you do it? Ooh, that's a lot. Yeah, uh, it is. I'm glad I'm not, I'm glad I'm not the GM, you know. But, um, <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, here's, here's the thing. I just wonder, is he the part? He's a great player. I know that. Is he the part that's going to put you over the top? Or is he going to be a player that's going to be running for his life behind a bad offensive line because you can't fix that? Throw into no weapons because you can't fix that. If you're going to, if you're going to go, you, you would have to go all in if you got, if you got him. You got to get him some legitimate DeAndre Hopkins or something like that type wide receivers because he's that caliber of a quarterback. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You need an offensive line that's going to protect him so that he stays upright and can make those great plays that's going to help this team get to the point where you want them to be. And that should be the playoff, of course, after you have him. So if, you, if you're going to get him and you're going to pay that steep of a price, you got to know that you're going to be able to fill up those other spots with high-caliber players. Well, you address, you know, do they need the, the tackle from Oregon? Perhaps. Uh, do you draft? I don't think anybody's going to draft a wide receiver with a second overall pick. It just never has happened. Uh, but right. there's a lot of good ones out there, including yeah. a bunch of guys from Alabama that all they do is churn out wide receivers. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say that, you know, Joe Douglas and, and Robert Sala uh, are probably going to have a ton of meetings before they make the determining factor of what they're going to do. Uh, yeah. they, they've got a lot of needs to address. They've got draft picks to address it. They've got a bunch of cap room that they can yeah. play with. A lot of money, like $70 million, I think. They can go out and get some free agents. So I, I don't think that, I don't think it's a dire forecast for the Jets, but I'll be curious to see what happens. Me too. I mean, it, it, it could be a, a organization-changing decision. This right here. you got a new head coach coming off one of the worst tenures in the franchise's history. You got a new coach who's coming in. He's energetic. Joe Douglas, 
it's your time to shine now. You know, it, you, you know, you got Woody coming back. Not sure how what, what input he's going to have or anything like that, but you know, there's a lot of excitement and curiosity surrounding this organization right now, and the time is now to make that right decision that's going to ch- turn this franchise around. One thing, Otis, they're going to have to look at and say, we can't let this happen again. Their last 11 number one picks are no longer on this roster. That's got to stop. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Except Quinnen. Was he a number one? Yeah, oh, yeah. All right, was, all right. Yeah. Okay, then oh, I stand yeah. corrected. Yeah, but no, you're right. You're right. That, you know, up until this time, yeah. And that's crazy. Jamal Adams. <laughs> Gone. Yeah. They have really, you know, outside outside of Quentin and, and Sam. Those are only two probably that are left. Oh, that's, you know, all this discussion, notice, makes your job fun, and that's why you do what you do, because there's no hard... It's not like, and I'm not downplaying smaller markets, but like in Kansas City, as an example, you got the football team. Next, yeah. uh, you, you go to... Uh, I, I don't know. You go to you, you go to the state of Ohio. You got a lot of professional teams, but in the state of Ohio, the Buckeyes are the story, right? Yeah. You know. Now yeah. here you are in New York as a sports anchor, and you got all these teams, and there's never a day when you're at a loss for something to talk about. Never a dull moment, man. Never a dull moment. You know, and you know we we had a we had some trying times. When we were put on pause, you know what I mean. Yep. But that was kind of when our our department rose to the occasion, coming up with stories that we we would hope our viewers would enjoy. You know, uh, a little offbeat, a uh, little how are you dealing with the coronavirus as professional athletes or high school athletes or what, you know all those kind of stories. Um, but yeah, I'm so glad that that all the sports are back, full speed ahead, and now you know starting to let fans in as well that like you said that's another step in the, in the right direction and uh you know we couldn't be happier for that for our business you know that's what we live for that's what we that's what we do otis as always a pleasure talking to you uh keep up the great work and stay safe thank you so much and you stay safe too otis take livingston care. channel two in new york terrific sports anchor does a heck of a job you folks have a great day thanks for being a part of howard david live and stay safe For listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.
Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.